0: 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise, so as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that be at Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, for therein is the righteous justice of God revealed. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is the truth that Abraham, the founders of our faith, found. This is the great discoverer, that there was one God, one Creator, And that God is being revealed or have been revealed through the teaching and the preaching of the gospel. That this almighty creator, that's the first truth, that in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. And then this word, this God, was made flesh in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That God is going to reveal Himself, and then after He finished that redemptive work on the cross, He says it's finished. Then He's going to take His seat at the very powerful eternal throne of God and he's now gone to establish himself within the church he's going to come and live and he's going to exercise the revelation of himself continually through the church and the church would be God's present in the neighborhood and in the community. And that would include us who was born anew, born again. We will be in Christ Jesus and it would be our responsibility and privilege to proclaim that life changing message. So God is going to put not the whole Bible, but the reason the whole Bible was written, he's going to put that within the gospel. The, the, The gospel is not all there is to know about God, but it's the very central truth that if people believe that and act upon it, that God then begins that process of ministering to us and equipping us and calling us into his kingdom, and that we would then be his representatives here on earth. And then God will be in Christ, in his church, doing the work that God called us to do. And that work is going to be showing to the world the depth of his love. And then we would, in that depth of his love, he's already shown it by this act that we have in the gospel. That's what he's saying here. This, so he said, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Why he's not ashamed of it? He's not ashamed of because the brutality and the suffering and the pain that he went through to make this revelation to you and I. That is to show a little of the depths of his love for you and me. Why was God doing this? So that he could have a people on earth that would display his justice here on earth. That was the motivation for redemption. For therein, this message of the gospel, John, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For, uh, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Foolishness. Nobody want to be foolish. For the preaching of the cross are them that perish foolish. But to us who have accepted that and bear witness to that, that is the power of God to bring people into God's kingdom, to bring them into his body, and that we then would be the continuation of that incarnated God in Jesus Christ, we would be the continuation of that life here on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? The church is God's way of displaying to the world, to the principalities and to the powers. Uh, When people in the past and people in the present look down upon the earth, And they asked the question, why would God do all of this? John said, uh, uh, like, what great love that God has bestowed upon us that we can be the children of God here on earth. That's so powerful. What's available to us? And he wants us to make that witness. Yeah, the shame part of it. The creator of the world came into his own world to carry out this mission and the own world, his own worldly people, fact, those people that he had created in the past to reflect his glory on earth, they had so turned away from God that they crucified the God from heaven. The Romans and the people of the world, the Jewish people and the Roman people and crucified the God from heaven. The Bible said if they would have known who he was, they would not have crucified. And they had been brought into being. The whole redemptive story from Egypt was to show to the world what God could do and that he could break down racial so-called barriers and culture barriers. And he could bring people together and the world could know we are Christians because of the love we have one for another do we understand the work of the church Uh, is it just for me to get a new car or buy some new clothes or to get me a house and to do all those kind of things? it is more powerful than that that's why he says seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness we're talking about the person who made all of this stuff by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. And that makes, and that's what the gospel is called. The gospel then is the, the compactness of all of God's plan into a central message. And that central message is the gospel. Well, he says it over there, the God who calls the light this shining out of darkness in creation. That God who calls a light to shine out of the darkness that God has shined this light into our hearts to Christians to give us the light and we become the light of the world and in him is no darkness and racism and bigotry of all because that's sin and he has forgiven us for our sin do you understand the gospel do you understand the gospel Do you understand then why Paul could say, I'm not ashamed to identify with that one on a garbage pit who came into his own world and they took him supposedly outside of the center, the capital of the religious world. He wasn't fit to live inside of Jerusalem. They took him outside of the gate and they took him out to the garbage pit, what we call Calvary." was a garbage pit. It, it was where they took the rejected offerings, the person that couldn't go to God, those offerings, the guts, the inside of them, the despised part of the animal. They took him outside of the gate, and there they buried him. There, there they burned him. In fact, that was the picture of hell. The picture of hell was a garbage pit where they take all of the rejected stuff that are garbage, and there it is burnt, it is despised. That's where the Romans crucified people, The, the murders, the crooks, and the rejects. They crucified them outside of the gate on the garbage pit. And Paul is saying that one they crucified on the garbage pit, That one was the eternal God. He was the one that said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us here on earth. He tells us in such a kind word, he tells us that we shouldn't be ashamed, that, that we should accept this rejected king. This one who was rejected now becomes the head of the cornerstone. And he's going to reign forever and forever. Isaiah got a little glimpse of that 700 years before it happened. He says it's going to be, for unto us a son is born. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government's going to be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his kingdom and dimension there will be No end. That God, that God now has selected the church and has selected you and me to stand up and say, I'm not ashamed of this God. And Paul went throughout the Roman world and in this end of his life, he's coming to the end of his life, his desire is to go to Spain, that he would have obeyed the Great Commission. Because the commission of the mission was to cure this redeeming power, was to cure that to people of the world, to the poor. And then we were to demonstrate that by our lives. They would ask us, Why are you doing what you're doing? And you would say, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. What is faith? It is what God says and asks us to do. He has the power to implement it. That's why I keep saying in the Bible that after he had finished our redemption, he sit down at the right hand of power. And from that right hand of power, he wants the church to be here on earth speaking a word about him, speaking about this coming king, this kingdom that God is going to establish here on earth forever and forever and ever. And that we as his people are born again by his grace and the faith that he gives to carry that out here on earth. And then he's gonna say here, those who have been justified, those who are just, they shall go on living by faith. We got the problem in the racial situation in America we don't believe that human being was created in the image of God. If they believe that human being was created in the image of God, and would go out, be willing to give our lives to at least share that message with the world, that's our mission. The mission is the mission not just to organize separate organizations to carry out these mission, although there would be need based on government in order to do all of the things that God has called us to do, but he expected his people, his church people, those in his body, that when they move from the gathering, see, we know the church primarily as the place where we gather, and that's important on a Sunday morning. But the power is when the church disperses during those other six days a week. They are in every phase of society, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, pharmacist, whatever. The church is now dispersed. The church assemble is the Sunday morning. The church, when it go out, the body of Christ, we together as collective groups, and even as individuals, as individuals, we are there to give a witness. As a collective body of people, we are there to show the scientific progress. We are there to be good farmers, to be good doctors, to be good lawyers, to be good salesmen. We are out there. And that's the church. That's the church. And then the church assembled then is to equip the saints. It's for us to get on the same page, so we can praise this God and worship this God, and, and be refurbished, rekindled, inspired to go out in the world. He's not taking us out of the world, but he brings us together for the mutual developing of the saints. It's just like the military. Uh, you bring people together. You call them together. And then you inspire them together. And then you disperse them to go out and do the work. We need to know what the church is about. We need to know how this power is released. I'm not ashamed, Paul said. I'm not ashamed. Because it is. This central message is the power of God to bring. So what is Salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is the remover of his people, a removing of sin from his people. Salvation is to remove the Adam curse. When you ask the Lord Jesus and make a commitment and really mean it, for Jesus to be your savior, to be your Lord, the big power is released from God to us is that he forgives our sin. That's the big act. That's the big act. That has been the long end of the world. Yeah. That, that's what even Job, long before the recorded Bible, Job could say, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he will stand in the latter days upon this earth, and even though worm might destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see the Lord whom I have seen for myself and not another. And that's why the angels that night could sing joy to the world. The Lord has come all the longings of the world. What is the longing? The longing is for redemption. Since Adam sinned and caused death, there is going to be one that's going to come and bring life. And he's going to stand up and say the devil came and messed up Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden. And that brought death. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It would be that which he spoke to Nicodemus in private about. How can all of this be? He says, but you must be born again. You have to be born again before you can see this kingdom of God. And then you see the kingdom of God and you have heard the word that God loves us. That's the centrality of the message. But what is the purpose? The purpose is to show that we are serving a just God. A just God. To remove justice from our theological discussion is to reduce it to nothing. Because a holy God, a holy God. The big question, the, the greatest biblical question is why would God let us sinners us into his kingdom? He'll let us into the kingdom because he, Christ, God, took all of the brutality of sin. He was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement, yes, yes, uh, the passion was the right thing. The, the passion shows the, it, what the body could take, or better yet, it shows what God went through in order to redeem us. I, I remember when the passion was shown, and I was in the thing, and people was crying in, in the thing. It was emotional, and I was saying, he can take it, he can take it, He's displaying his love for you and me. And of course, I went back to the Brandon Jail. One night, I was in a Brandon Jail where highway patrols and sheriffs tortured 23 of us almost to death in that jail. But in that jail that night, I saw the depths of sin. I saw what so-called racial hate Could do to white people. And I could see that that same stuff was in me. It was in me as a black person. Because that night, if I could have got an atomic bomb, I would have exploded on myself and everybody else. And I saw the depths of sin. And I said to God in that jail that night, if I get out of this jail alive, I want to preach a gospel that is stronger than my racial interest. I want to preach a gospel that is stronger than my economic interest. I have a strong sort of understanding of economics and how that works. I want a gospel that's stronger than that. I want a, a gospel that denies myself and I take up a cross and follow him. The old hymn says, Uh, There is a cross for everyone. And there is one for you and me. We shouldn't be ashamed of this gospel. We should take up our cross. Fact The writer to the Hebrews says that we ought to go outside of the gate and take our place, join Jesus, who have been rejected, outside of the gate, bearing his reproach, the, the issue is today we don't have commitment, we don't have concern. we get enough of the gospel to get the things that God wants that we think that God wants to have. but we are not willing to seek first the kingdom of God and let God's blessing flow out of that. He said, if one of his children asked him for uh, a fish. He's not going to give them a snake. He's going to give them those things because he so deeply loves us. But he wants us to be about his will, not our will. He teaches us how to pray every day that his will would be done, that his kingdom would come, and that we would be reflecting that kingdom here on earth, letting them see that there's a bigger day that eventually God is going to gather together all things under Jesus Christ, and then we will know, see, the depths of his love. But in the meantime, we proclaim this central message, this central message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. No greater love than no one in this than one down his life. This is the centrality of the gospel. This is stronger than our political interests. This is the, re- the Republicans need this message. The Democrats need this message. The Tea Party people need this message. The, so- the Communists need this message. Uh, the liberals need this message. All the humanity need this message. And all of those others, all of them, lies in the hand of the evil one. And that he wants his church to be that redemptive sign. He want that church to be his redemptive people here on earth, carrying out that message. This is a powerful text. Let's get to the end of it here. He said, uh, I'm not ashamed. He said, first, I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I'm obligated. Because he redeemed me, I'm obligated. He want you folks to feel grateful. You need y'all to have some sense of gratitude that he had worked out this Eternal redemption. He has saved us from our Adam's sin. He's saving us right now, day by day. If we confess our sin, he's saving us from our own sin. And then he's going to come back and gather us into a place there will be no more sin. And that we will live eternally with him. God's going to keep his promise. The God who cannot lie has made this promise to us. And that promise is in the gospel. That's the message, that he came, he suffered, he died. He rose again, and that means that the father accepted his sacrifice, and now he lives on forever. And then God showed his power by bringing him back to life and then shooting him as a rocket up to the right hand of God He is out of human being now, can no longer defeat him. They can't find him. It took us a long time to find Osama bin Laden. But he was in Pakistan, very nearby. But our savior, our leader, our hero, our captain of the ship, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He says that as he sends us into the world, all power in heaven and in earth is in my hand. Go you therefore and share the gospel and disciple them more than evangelizing them. We have over evangelized the world too lightly because we accommodated injustice and slavery and brutality for our, and exploitation for our own greedy means. In, but we have a savior. We have a savior in heaven. And we are his missionaries down here on earth. What a privilege. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself and has given us the message. This is not one of the message. The message that we are telling people to be reconciled to God. And that text closed with this. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, it closes with this. In the light of all of this, of what God has done for us, lest don't receive this grace in vain. It means that us don't accept this grace, and then not be reconcilers. And we should reflect that reconciliation. We should reflect that in this church here this morning. This congregation here this morning reflects that. I can see the different ethnic groups here in this room in this building. This is what the gospel sh- should display. The rest of my life, I'm going to give my attention to trying to see this multicultural people coming together to show and to demonstrate what God can do and that we can live peaceful within this body of Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing. How is all this accomplished? As I finish, it's accomplished from faith to faith. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. And so, what is the crisis today? The crisis, I think Deepfoot Bonhoeffer would say that we have shaped ourselves a cheap grace, a cheap grace that satisfies me, a cheap grace that is not redemptive. A cheap grace for, in my community, black are blowing each other up, killing each other. In my state of Mississippi, the, the poor white is called white trash. Nobody loves them. They're out there by themselves. They're making their own chemical drugs, killing themselves. Black folks don't like them. White folks don't like them. They're poor, trailer park trash. And where are the people? Where are the people? Is going to go out there. Jesus said, uh, the Spirit of the Lord was on like me." He said to preach the gospel to those people. To preach the gospel. To tell them that there's a Savior. There's a Savior that I heard that message in a little holiness church 57 years ago. I heard that message. I heard him say, I love you, John Perkins. I love you. And I couldn't hardly believe it. I couldn't hardly believe. I grew up without a mother. I grew up without a father. I grew up without that institution of love. And my great longing and much of my behavior was because I hadn't been loved. But that morning, God embraced me like he embraced the Apostle Paul on that Damascus road. And from that time on, Paul said, I want to reach out and embrace him the way he embraced me. That's what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to reach out and embrace Christ and embrace those whom Christ have died. That's our mission. The world need that right now. The world need to see a demonstration within the church of that. I believe that's what God is doing Y'all are the ones who motivate me. As I'm seeing a little light, I'm beginning to see a little light of that. We're being enriched when I'm around you, the diverse, the people I don't know the best, the people of a different color, a different nationality. Those are the ones quickly I want to embrace. I want to embrace them. I, I want to be enriched by that pilgrimage. I want to be enriched by that life. That is high virtue in us knowing each other. It's not virtue in us coming together across racial barriers. We learn more about each other's pilgrimage, and that we accept each other. We accept each other. We accept each other. We, at that point, we don't try to change anybody. At this point, we become enriched by your story, and I become enriched. You become enriched by my story. And then we figure out how can we reconcile these stories together where we can be God's present in a neighborhood. And so we don't need homogeneous. We don't need homogeneous. What we need to do is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every ethnic tribal group in the world. And the world will know we're Christians because of the love we have one for another. That's the gospel. And then we have this wonderful privilege to cure this life, not polluted, but to cure the centrality of this message, that this message is, end of the message is that we would have peace. That's called in the Bible rest, rest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. Thank you for this good time and fellowship we've had together. And Lord, I pray for this generation, these young folks who are seeing the value in loving each other, the value in diversity, and that they would go back to their neighborhoods and back to their community, and they would long to see the churches in your neighborhood Look like this auditorium here, where we would be loving each other across these barriers. We ask all of this in Jesus' precious name for his sake. Amen. Can we thank Dr. Perkins this morning? Dr. Perkins will be around for a few moments if you want to greet him, but let us close with a doxology. Praise God Go in peace to love God and serve others. Have a wonderful weekend.